You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. This is called Pirate Radio. We are refuse for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host for this wonderful podcast endeavor, but I'm not doing it alone. I have two wonderful co-hosts that join me on all of these At The Diner episodes. Uh, You know them. You love them. It's MC Brooks. It's James Rambo. Today, we are going to be talking about... All sorts of fun things. Mostly what we've been watching on TV and the various streaming services that are out there. Uh, We're going to start with one that, honestly, I really wasn't interested in at all. Um, Mostly because I hadn't seen The Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn's essentially second Suicide Squad movie. But really, I don't know. Would you call that like a soft reboot or was it like – yeah, I guess so, because there was a completely different uh, King Shark. Well, I mean, King Shark's not in the first one. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Wait, who am I thinking of that was in the first Killer one? Killer Croc. Killer Croc, yeah. Crap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Animal thing. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and, and it's... it's Yeah, a lot of people have called it a, like a, a, a reboot and all this, but it's like, it's a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Like it's kind of, I guess it feels kind of like a soft reboot. Just because of the tone and the direction, like in terms of what they wanted to do, it was like they're not erasing what came before, but it's it's very clear they're like, this is the direction we want to go in with this. I yeah. I think it's it's best summed up by um, when when Ed Brubaker was writing Daredevil, he he had picked it up from Brian Michael Bendis. And it was a very, like, street-level crime comic. Like, there would be supervillains that would show up, but even those would still be, like, it's something that Mac can punch in the face. Yeah. And then Mark Wade came on as the new writer, and he was like, yeah, all that stuff happened? 
100%. Sure, it happened. I am going to tell superhero stories with Daredevil. That's what I want to do. So, like, by the second issue, Matt is in Latveria. Um, and Mark Wade's approach, and, and pretty much every good, good comic book writer's approach to these kinds of things is, everything that happened before happened. But it has nothing to do with the story I'm telling. Yeah. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So interestingly enough, we've seen that a couple times in the DC universe already. Like Aquaman, Aquaman is a film that you know, like it acknowledges that Justice League happened, but it's also James Wan also wanted to make sure like it was its own thing without necessarily feeling like he needed to adhere to any kind of connectivity from the Justice League movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this all ties together with with my kind of like why I was not watching Peacemaker because one I hadn't seen the Suicide Squad and it wasn't like oh I need to see that first before I watch it I was not fucking interested because and it's nothing against John Cena because let me tell you that is a good dude like he like has set the record for the number of um, Make a Wish um, trips or like the appearances that he's made for people who have made a make a wish with him. He has like blown that record to pieces like of the total number of make a wish uh, cases that he's handled. Like he is a good dude. And I just, it was one of those things I was just never really interested in any of his movies where it was like, he was like a fireman or something. I don't remember. Like, but that's my point is like, he just never grabbed me as something that I was like, man, I really have to see the next John Cena movie. Cause like, who gives a shit? Um, and that's the way I felt about the Suicide Squad. I watched the whole movie. I enjoyed the shit out of it, like we talked about last week. But John Cena was not my favorite character in that movie at all. He was probably like, I don't know, sixth out of all of the characters that were in that. So like a whole series devoted to Peacemaker just did not seem like something I would be interested in. Like imagine like a Star Wars series about like, I don't know, C-3PO. Nah, I'm good. You're a good side character, but I don't really want to see your own story, dude. I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much. But, like, man, was I fucking wrong. And honestly, I should have known better because written and directed by James Gunn. And, like, he has managed to, managed to make this character that I didn't think I would be interested in at all incredibly interesting. And, like, he's done some stuff with this dude. Like, Peacemaker, the, the character. He's done some stuff with this character that has like blown me away that like this is such a modern take on a superhero or a super villain but like really takes what's going on in society right now with like men struggling with their own identity as far as like what is masculinity and him contending with that and like i'll tell you one of the best scenes so far i don't remember exactly what episode it was it might have been it was either the second or the third but like he's in his trailer and he basically just like breaks down and like starts bawling his eyes out. And he's just like, you're such an asshole. Why are you such an asshole? You probably could be friends with all of these people if you would just stop being such a dick all the time. And he's just really, really, really upset. And then his buddy Vigilante shows up. And like, he can't show any emotion. He's like, no, 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 there's facial exercises. I'm strengthening my face. Like that's such a incredibly insightful like poke at what masculinity is contending with today. We can't have emotion except for when we're alone. And if we do, it makes us weak. And like, 
that was that was crazy watching that. But also, too, I was really impressed. I was like, fuck, John Cena is taking something that if not done right could be, like, goofy and laughable. And, like, it, it made him, like, sympathetic. He's still a piece of shit. But at least, like, you know why. Because then you see Robert Patrick being just, like, the worst fucking person on the, on the face of the planet as his father. Like, just Isn't overall. the worst person in the DCEU that we've met so far? He's the worst, right? I, I, I think, at least up I think, there. That's a good I question. So. Um, I think so. Yeah, that would, or maybe Amanda Waller. Uh, I mean, I, 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 like, good. I, 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 I was gonna say, I think being a white supremacist is worse. Yeah, <laughs> than, true. Than Waller. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that is that is a very, I, very solid point. I, it's I, just I, I say I that would... because everybody in that show always says that. Have you noticed that? Like every single chance they get, they take a shot at Amanda Waller. Yes, I do. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's, she sucks too, but still, yeah. you understand why they hate her. Yeah, oh, yeah like, totally. Thanks. Um, I don't know. Like Ocean Master wanted to kill all of the people who breathe air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> right, like that's not explicitly racist, but you're also like, yeah, but you want to murder everybody that I know, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. True. I think the problem is that that. Uh, Augie, fucking white dragon, represents a a he represents represents a known like monstrousness in humanity, mm-hmm. as opposed like as opposed to something like that. What like what Ocean Master wants to do is so foreign an idea, the idea that like they would just wipe out every single person, because uh, like even with a genocide, like that's a specific group. Yeah. You know, at least at least like Ocean Master is like an equal opportunist. He wants to kill everyone. <laughs> He's consistent. Yeah, He's you know. He's the Don Rickles of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You misunderstand. I want to kill all of you. Oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad. Well, you know, that that we got no issue. Go ahead, as you were. <laughs> I just, I'm very, I've been very impressed. I continue to be impressed by this series. And like it's, it's fun, it's funny, it's fucking brutal, like violence-wise. And again, it James Gunn is doing an excellent job of making me give a fuck about somebody that I shouldn't give a fuck about. As far as like a character, like again, you look at this thing, and like he did it with like you know Weasel, he did it with like Polka Dot Man, he did it with all of these like B-list villains from the DCEU. And, like, you're rooting for Peacemaker. And you're like, yeah, but he's a scumbag. And then you also realize these credos that he has. I will kill every man, woman, and child in the name of peace. (laughs) Will you, though? When you see, like, did you, like, I'm sure they're going to extrapolate that even further when we get into the series. But, like, that hesitance he had, even though he knew those kids were monsters. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's the other thing, too, is I want to know what the fuck Judo Master was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of theories. I have, I do have some theories about uh, about this and how this could you know link to other known DC properties that are that are coming up. Yeah. But uh, before I even get into that, I just want to guess uh, I'll follow you up by saying this show has been awesome so far. Like I don't know what my expectations for it were. Because um, I echo your sentiments, like I, I enjoyed the shit out of the, out of, uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I've I've seen it, I've seen it a few times, and even with 
even even with you know the the you know all the the cast of characters in there, Peacemaker was not one like he he was he like he was kind of a villain in that movie <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Which so uh, which which made like the idea that he was going to get a show very interesting, especially because if you missed the post credit scene, you probably would have come into the show like, wait, how the fuck is this dude still here? Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Um. But I, but I, I've I've very much enjoyed pretty much everything um, that they've done with this uh, done with this show so far. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's a it's a it's a slow burn. The comedy is great. There are more than enough <laughs> more than enough times where I've I've just bust out laughing in the middle of watching an episode. I like the inclusion of other some of the other characters like Vigilante. Vigilante is fucking great and, he, and he's yeah. very different than i than i think any of the other adaptations um that we've had of the character the only other one that i've seen uh was season five of arrow where we had adrian chase but adrian chase in arrow was also not vigilante he was prometheus and there was a totally different character who was vigilante and vigilante there was like he was he, he was. It was. He was literally just ex-cop turned vigilante. Literally, that's that. That's pretty much it. Wasn't very interesting or memorable. But like yeah. this dude is goofy. Like if you just look at him, you'd be like, yeah, nothing about you screams superhero. Like who the fuck is this nerd? Oh, but when he goes <laughs> into that, when he goes into that jail and he just wrecks shop with right. all of those fucking white supremacists, I was like, oh shit, he's a you, badass. You see, you're like, oh yeah, no, he's 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 actually. He's actually fucking badass. And shout out to uh, Danielle Brooks's character, who's uh, I can't I don't know her name right now. Um, fucking, fucking Amanda Waller's daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it Adewale? Adewale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And you know, like her character, and like just just the like her development, just over the course of four episodes, has been really interesting because it went from in episode one being like. I don't fit in with anyone here to by episode four, you you see that her, like her own character has started to shift a little bit to the point where she is like turning down conversations with her wife because of the mission or because of something she feels like she needed to do. And so like, it, it makes me think back to what Amanda Waller said in, at the end of episode one about her having the right set of skills or being, or I forget how she phrased it, but like something along, along, along those, those lines of like, you know, you're like, you're qualified for this. And it makes me wonder, like, it, like, is this slow descent into, I guess, being like her mom? Like, is that, is that the, is that what she's talking about? Is there, is there something else? I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I'm, I, I do like her character so far. I like her interactions with, with Peacemaker and her kind of being the only one to not think that he's totally a piece of shit from the beginning. Um, but yeah, the show's been awesome, awesome so far. I don't, I don't really have any complaints about it. Yeah, it's again, they John Cena. I'm not saying that like we need to nominate this guy for like an Emmy or anything like that, but like he definitely can, he can act a little bit. Like he's got some stuff going on. Now, granted, this is a big over the top character. So those are obviously easier. Well, no, I wouldn't say obviously. That's not even fair. Like, you, one would assume that that's going to be harder yeah. to play than something of nuance, you know? Well, but like, yeah, but I, I, there, I think there's something. Sometimes we just get like really perfect casting. Oh yeah. And he, and John Cena, like it's like John Cena was rejected by both DC and Marvel because he had applied to play Shazam, 
Um, and Mike, you haven't seen Shazam yet, right? No, not yet. Okay, but I know me and Rambo. He would have been, been fucking phenomenal, Shazam. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Zachary yeah. Levi did a great job, but he would have been amazing. Absolutely. I can see that though with just him because the way Zachary Levi plays Shazam, kind of goofy. Like he's a kid that gets right. an adult body, basically. Like I could see Cena pulling that off. Exactly, and and the other role he got rejected for was Cable in Deadpool two. Oh, he could have been a pretty decent Cable mm-hmm. because like. Cable is one of those characters that's really self-serious. And, like, I could see him being very, like, taking himself too seriously. I could I could definitely see Oh, that. yeah. But for just personally, I'm, I'm okay with him not being either of those because I, yeah. I love him as Peacemaker. Yeah. I don't know what the future of this character is in the DCEU. Like, I, I don't... I wouldn't foresee him getting his own film eventually. I, I don't think his... As much as we like the show, that he would be he would be a big enough character like that. But yeah. I, you know, I I would be very curious to see like what else they would have in store beyond beyond this series for him. Yeah, I gotta say it, it was the second yeah the second episode when he's trying to escape that apartment building and he's jumping from balcony to balcony. <laughs> that was so goddamn funny. Like watching him hurt himself. I don't know why. It was just like that slapstick comedy where he just like keeps falling and hitting his head or like landing on his shoulder and I'm just I was dying. It was hilarious. Like yeah. yeah. I've, I've I've really enjoyed the character. I loved how he started hitting on the one dude's wife. Um I can't even remember her name now. I but over their love of Cinderella, like that was <laughs> her reaction when he like gives his opinion on Cinderella is so genuine and so, fuck yeah, man! <laughs> like she <laughs> nails that delivery, yeah, perfectly. Yeah, that's like a, like a fucking that is an instant like spiritual like yeah, you get me, man. Yeah. Yeah, and just her and her husband going back and forth and sniping at each other. And she starts <laughs> ripping on him. She's like, you know what that song is about? It's about murdering people. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. I'm And, like, again, they're doing a really, really good job of making this series captivating and making you want to tune in for more. Because I want to know what the fuck is up with those butterflies. Because I'm so curious, and I, I'm specifically going out of my way not to Google anything about it. Yeah. Because I don't want, like, like, it's knowing James Gunn and knowing the dozen or more Easter eggs we've already gotten. Oh, yeah. Oh, show. yeah. Because we've gotten a, a fair share. There is an absurd. We got, we, got, we got a Black Adam one in this past episode. There's a Black Adam one. He there's made a, a fucking Batmite reference. He there's made a, a Batmite reference. All right. So let, let, then let's just go down the list. Yeah. So, so far. Among other things, there's a reference to Eclipso. Eclipso is on the dartboard in his trailer. Uh, we've gotten a potential Gorilla Grodd tease. We've gotten yes. White Dragon's costume. We have gotten references to Batman's rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. The little like rabbit guy on the dashboard of Vigilante's car, that is the same design that's the 3D version of the design of Rick Flagg's T-shirt from the Suicide Squad. Oh shit! Oh wow. Um, what else? Da, 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 da. Yeah, it, uh, uh, the most recent episode gives us both Intergang and Condoc, uh, which is the the country that Black Adam is from. 
Um, we've gotten uh, Wayne Enter uh, the Wayne Foundation. We've gotten uh, uh, talk about Aquaman. We have gotten uh, uh, <laughs> reference to Peacemaker's jetpack. Um, <laughs> further conversation about Batman. Um, the the fucking the uh, Batmite. Batmite has been my favorite. Yes, me too. Because <laughs> Batmite it, for for the uninitiated, um, Batmite is the 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 Batman version or the Bat Family version of Mister Mister Mixius Pitlick, who for for Superman Mixie is an asshole. <laughs> he is someone who is fucking with him. Yeah, for Batman Batmite is uh, a super fan. Batmite stands the fuck out of Batman. I think they those were the both... words they used, too, when he described him. Yep. They are both fifth-dimensional imps. Uh, they have, like, you know, powers on the level of, like, the Christian god. Um, and, of, I mean, if anyone was going to do it, it would obviously be James Gunn. But James Gunn has made made him canon. Like, yeah. a fucking Dollman. Dollman's popped up. I mean, like... Yeah. There's so many of these fucking things that, like, I didn't even realize that White Dragon was a Suicide Squad villain. He's an old school Suicide Squad villain. Oh. From the fourth issue. Like, yeah, that's his homework. The, uh, the fucking layers in this show. Yeah. He, he does his homework for sure. It's, oh, it's yeah. super impressive. Um, one of, one of the, um, one of the YouTubers I've, I follow was talking about Peacemaker on their live stream yesterday, and kind of brought up, um, and, and kind of brought up something something that I didn't, I hadn't really considered, which is the way that Peacemaker um, is handling like race mm. in terms of in, in terms of like generally when you know when these shows do it, it it largely is is featuring. Uh, a character of a character of color, like uh, no matter who who it is, but in, in this case, we're we're seeing it from the perspective of family members, where Peacemaker himself, who you know has his fair share of issues, um, has to deal with the the fact that he has a really racist father that other people are trying to talk to him about. Yeah. Meanwhile, he himself is like trying to hold on because that's his dad, and you know, peace he. He doesn't want to think that his dad is that type of person, even with the, you know, super glaring signs of, oh, no, this, this is exactly exactly who it is. Because, you know, like it, it's, it's very it, it isn't often we, we see kind of like white people on these shows talking about race amongst each other and in, 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 in doing the, the correction or doing the uh, having that conversation. Yeah. And it, like, it feels like that that may be something that like ends up happening down the line with like I, I could see that um with Peacemaker and his dad ha like having to have that con that conversation about the fact that his dad is very much a white supremacist and it's 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 obvious to pretty much seemingly everyone but his Peacemaker yeah. see I I think that like there's really one one solution there's one ending to that part of the story and that's that's Peacemaker confronting his father and in and in doing so confronting his own feelings about it and then killing him. 
Yeah. Because yeah. I the, conver- yeah. the conversation him and Vigilante have in the car where Adrian's trying to be like, yeah, but like he's a he's a white supremacist supervillain. So like he's part of the, the problem. Like there will never be peace with him around. Yeah. And he's like, but he's my dad. And like he he like makes things for me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And oh. do we ever get do we ever get an explanation or like Rambo? Do you know anything about like continuity wise or like as far as like the comic books are concerned about that fucking workshop that he has? Like he described it, he was like, "Oh, it's no. an extra dimensional, extra dimensional thing." Shit about that! I and everything I was I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, I, that that might be a white dragon thing. I honestly don't know. That could also just as easily be like James Gunn being like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" That's a thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, like, man, I, honestly, I'm, 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 I'm even, even for this episode, I, I, uh, I Google just like specifically like what uh, I, I knew a bunch of the Easter eggs, but I wanted to have them all on a list and I was sure I missed a couple. Uh, and I was right. There was definitely a couple that I missed. Um, but I was still wary of like, I don't want to give anything away of like, you know, what this might be like the butterflies are definitely a specific thing. Gunn is not going to be using something like that and have it not be a very particular thing. I just yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. I think I... Have I told you what, what, I, what I think it is? What I think it's in reference to? No. The Scarab. I... I, I oh, you think? I, I, I think... I think that... Because like as far as I know, I don't I don't know I don't know if the butterfly thing is is anything, in um, I don't like I don't know if that's a comic book thing or something that just exists for for this, but I I feel like because seeming seemingly the butterflies are doing exactly kind of what the sca- what the scarab does, which is it gets over it gets in and seemingly is taking control of these people like using them like a host body. Yeah. And so, and I think maybe what, um, maybe what Judo Master was trying to say is like, hey, maybe they're not all bad. Like, they're not all, like, they're, they're not all just seemingly trying to take over and, like, do all the, like, do bad shit and do all this, do all this evil shit. And I, and I think that's supposed to be highlighted because if I remember, that's um, at the end of this week's episode was when we learned that um, I can't the black dude's name. I'm terrible with uh, Merton. Yeah, that Mer- th- yeah, like that he is seemingly a butterfly. Like that's the reveal at the at the very end when he gets that phone call. And so I'm 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 wondering because like the, the the one thing I did Google when I when I was looking up stuff about Peacemaker and just kind of found it accidentally is that he is. He is connected to the origin story of Blue Beetle, of no Jaime shit. Reyes, of uh, specifically Jaime Reyes. So, um, I'm 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 curious if 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 it's not only just the butterflies, but there's a specific one that they're looking for because it's in the same vein as, but kind of different from, and maybe it's the scarab or that or. You know, maybe it's like I, I I'm not sure. I haven't fully like thought this through, but it it seems like kind of the obvious parallel. Yeah, in sure. Of, in, in, in terms of you know, it, 
you know, animal that needs a host body to do X, Y, and Z or, or whatever the case may be. So I don't know, but I, I feel like that could be something that could be one of the directions it's going. I mean, I'm not trying to do like, I don't want to do too much. Like I don't want to WandaVision the show for, <laughs> for myself. <laughs> I think by, by hoping that this, this is like, obviously this, it's obviously but, uh, Mephisto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I feel like there could be a definite connection there between the butterflies and then potentially a scarab or any other kind of like mystical, you know, animal creature or whatever. Um, so that's that's the connection point that I, I kind of made with that. But I, I really would like to see what, like, I would like more information behind Project Butterfly in particular. Yeah, Mike, do you know what we're talking about? Um, I mean, a little bit. I haven't really delved too much into Blue Beetle. I mean, I know, like, a little bit, but, like, it, it sounds... I'm looking them up right now, actually, as we speak. So there's a, an alien race called the Reach. Uh, the Reach made these things, uh, these scarab things, uh, and the scarabs are um, uh, armor. They're like a, like a like fucking... Uh, like a miniature armor that you can... It's, it's a bio-armor. Um that they can control and they went and they sort of seeded worlds with these things. They kind of dropped them all throughout the universe. And the plan was um, whenever they would want to take over a world, they would just activate the scarab. It would, you know, glop onto somebody. That person now becomes a soldier for the reach okay. and can just overthrow, you know, whomever and whatever they need in order to take over. Um, so, Original Blue Beetle from the, from the Golden Age uh, was a guy who would like who would shout Kaji Dad would get these powers from this ancient scarab that he found, um, but it would be like you know he was like super strong and fast and things you know Golden Age powers. Um, then when they did the revamp, uh, when Charleston did the revamp back in the Silver Age, and you get Ted Cord coming in, um, it was you know we're just updating this to be like a little more scientific. That was sort of like the whole dictum with all the Silver Age stuff was like, you know, what if we did things that were, you know, slightly more grounded in reality? So that's when you get, like, Golden Age Flash going from, like, you know, just being a dude who can run fast to being a CSI and, um, like, you know, trying to be a little more scientific in how he applies his powers and things. Um, so Ted Kord becomes, like, an inventor and things, and he's basing himself off of, Dan Garrett, who was the original uh, Blue Beetle. Fast forward many years, and Jaime finds uh, the original Scarab. That was the other thing. Ted could never make the Scarab work. He could never get the powers from the Scarab the way that Dan could. Fast forward many years later, uh, Scarab gets lost during uh, Infinite Crisis, and um, it kind of activates and starts like moving on its own, which is a thing that hadn't been seen before. Um, and it goes and it finds this kid named Jaime Reyes and it crawls into his back and like implants itself on his spine. And he comes to later on and he's wearing the suit of armor and he's got like all these weapons and he has this like voice in his head all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and that is where they build off of the whole reach thing. And you find out like what the source of the powers were and like how yeah. they function and all that shit. I'm reading it um, off of Wikipedia right now. It says, uh, However, the Blue Beetle Scarab is damaged. Uh, so, because it says the wearer is turned into the ultimate infiltrator, a covert agent intended uh, to take over its own world. However, the Blue Beetle Scarab is damaged, and so instead of controlling the host, it forms a symbiotic relationship with them. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's yep. interesting. That ah, oh, god damn it! That John Rogers run of Blue Beetle, where it, it, the whole it basically it's, it's Jaime's entire origin up through like his full like acceptance and power of of using the the, the scarab, is so goddamn good, and will make such an excellent movie. And I'm really hoping they don't botch this, um, because there's there's huh. like there are there's a single issue or two that just wreck me. When, yeah. like, there's one where, you know, Jaime's investigating all this stuff, and and he uh, he finds this uh, this like lava lord guy. He finds this dude who's like, you know, claiming to be this ancient um, this ancient monarch uh, who has all the basically this like like Conan type figure uh, who has all these fire powers and shit. Yeah, and. Between between the scarab and uh, and his sort of and 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 Jaime's kind of like oracle type figure who's like you know the 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 guy in the chair um, this woman who is like running computer stuff for him they figure out that not only is this guy not telling the truth he's only like a year old the reach made him and gave him false memories what. And so the guy thinks that he's all these things, but he's really not. And Jaime tells him, and it fucking shatters this guy. Like, he cannot handle It's like, what do you, what? No, that's not true. And he's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. And he shows him, like, he uses the scarab to, like, show him all these diagrams and, like, show him where he was grown and all this shit. And dude just, like, it breaks his fucking spirit. <laughs> like, he just can't fucking deal with it. Um, and so, like, you know, uh, they're in, like, a cave system or something, and then, like, they're fighting the Reach, and, and the guy's not really, he doesn't really know what to do, and he doesn't really know how to function anymore, and so Jaime starts, like, reciting, like, the legends of his, of his, uh, uh, his feats and shit, like, all, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and, like, building him up and shit, and even though he knows it's not real, it hypes him the fuck up. And they, oh god, I'm, I'm fucking getting choked up talking about it. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it's just so fucking cool, man. I wish I could remember. You said that, and that immediately triggered a memory, and I can't remember what it is from what show or media it was that I saw where they end up finding somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, this person's only a year old." Um, fuck, that is gonna drive me nuts now. Like I've seen something like that. Um. And I, I'm going to have to figure it out. Um, but I'm, I'm looking through his wiki, and like, here's what it says. Uh, Jaime has a girlfriend, the young sorceress, Tracy 13, who gets along well with James, uh, Jaime's family. Uh, his large and loving family is a major source of strength and the guidance for Jaime. Christopher Smith, a.k.a. the Peacemaker, also becomes a mentor for the young Blue Beetle. Yep. Yep. So, Peacemaker, yeah. yeah, Peacemaker becomes like the, the sort of like, here's your, your lead-in into superheroism. Her- um, and he's just a totally different dude. <laughs> he's like <laughs> a completely different. Oh fuck! That makes so much sense now, MC. Like that. That could very well be that. It'd be a great lead-in, man. It really would yeah. be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Like maybe, like maybe the maybe the butterfly is just like a covert thing for trying to find this rogue scarab that's going around, and just feeling like, hey, maybe we just take them out in general. Just take, just take, just seemingly just take them out. You know, like, 
there's a couple of, like there's some I, I just feel like they have they have a lot of options as far as what they could just what they could decide to do with it if if this is the route that they decide to go because then it would also make me wonder because the blue beetle movie is filming right now as far as i know I, I believe they've already begun filming for it um right now and um uh you know miguel from cobra kai is playing jaime reyes oh he's gonna be so good yeah and and he 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 actually just said i, I want to say in like the last two weeks or so they, they he's already done like um like a fitting for the suit for the blue beetle suit Awesome. He's, he's he's already he's already done uh, some preliminary fittings for the Blue Beetle suit, which I'm 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 very excited for. But it makes me wonder then, like, could, like could that be next? Like, as a you know, like I would like for that to happen. I think that I think that would be dope. I've been I've been a bit I've been I haven't read any Blue Beetles uh, comics, but I've been a big fan of him in some of the other DC media that I've seen him in, most notably um, Young Justice and some of the other animated films. And and actually, season two of Young Justice actually deals with the Reach in particular, and if I, and that's the same season I believe we also deal with um, uh, the Black Beetle and the Green Beetle as well. They are their big antagonists in the in the back half of that season. Um, and Blue Beetle gets his really he he has a really awesome arc in in season two of Young Justice. But I've, I've been a fan of his character since then. And you know, from Injustice, which I know is not canon, but you know, I I, I, I liked him in Injustice, the games. Not the, I haven't read the comic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, I'm, it's super exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to what they're doing with this. This has been a fun as fuck series. Um, yeah. And another thing that Gunn is really really good at, man. God, that guy knows how to pick music. And it's not just yeah. like, <laughs> and it's not just like these are great songs. No, he finds songs that fit with what's going on. And like yes. he like he has a whole persona for Peacemaker of what kind of music he listens to, and it fit like it it's just it's really really well done. <laughs> and yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they're gonna do with this. This is I, again, I'm 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 all in. And like, yeah, going forward, it, anything it, else that somebody tells me is like superhero James Gunn, I'm like, okay, cool, fuck, let's watch it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. isn't it isn't it refreshing that we can finally say this about like a DC property? I feel like we spent the last like two years last year in particular is being like, fuck Marvel, Marvel, Marvel TV has just gotten it like like last year, yeah. say for maybe what if was awesome in terms of like what we got from Marvel TV. And like it feels nice for us to be able to just talk about D.C. Yeah. or something from D.C. and and like have good, positive things. I think the yeah. last time we did that was when we talked about Suicide Squad last week. Yeah, um, it, it's I, nice. It's nice to see that they have they're hopefully like getting their stuff together. Because honest, because obviously, as much as we rag on DC for you know all of their <laughs> all of their decision making with uh, some of the stuff they decide to do, it's, it's nice that yeah. To get something from them that it's not what Marvel's doing; it's its own thing. And you know yeah. what? It's it works. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I wanted, I you know, I think that we didn't even actually talk about it at all because this is not the first issue, or not issue. This is not the first TV series in the last calendar year that DC has done that's actually been pretty good. Did we ever really go into depth about Superman and Lois? I mean, we talked about the. I mean, yeah, we we we've, we've definitely talked about it, and I mean, like, 
Well, I, 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 <laughs> I said, well, because I agree. I agree. Superman and Lois um, is, I mean, it, it is also, I mean, honestly, DC in the in their TV stuff, even with it being on the CW, they've, they've kind of crossed, they've kind of crossed this, um, this line into, like, they're doing a lot of interesting and unique stuff. Like, even with the stuff that's happening on the CW with it, you know, with a lot of those shows, like, really being very team and not singular hero focused. Yeah. And, you know, with them, you know, obviously having to play up a lot of the, you know, drama and romance and stuff because CW. Um, even with all of that, they've been doing some really interesting stuff. Superman and Lois especially. Um, I, I don't think you got, either of you have seen the first two episodes of, of season two so far. But they have, like, there's a very obvious route that the show is going down right now. And people I know who are familiar with what they're what they may be adopting are very excited about what it is. If you guys don't, if you guys want to know, I'll, I'll or I can tell you because it's been everywhere. But if you guys just want to wait till you guys watch it, that's fine. I'll wait. I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I'll uh, I'll wait to watch it. Mike? I I'm sorry. Which. <laughs> I, I, I can because I can just you, inbox you right now and let you know. No, I'm totally I'm totally gonna I'm totally gonna call myself out on this. You sent the link in our chat and I started looking at the Blue Beetle thing, so I missed what you were talking about. I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was talking. Well, I was talking about uh, you mentioned Superman and Lois, so I was talking yeah. about like Superman and Lois um, has ushered in along with some of the other CW shows like this new wave. The thing is, the 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 reason I would separate like Peacemaker aside from like the Arrowverse stuff is people yeah. still slander the Arrowverse, sometimes deservingly so for like its overemphasis on like shipping and yeah, uh, like and and like like making drama stories that have to last twenty two episodes instead yeah. of like a shorter run of of a series. But uh, I, I do want to compliment them because some, I was saying some of the stuff that they've been doing, such as on shows like Superman and Lois and, and Batwoman um, and Stargirl, have been very interesting and unique. And they, they've, it, it's been really good to see. But because of the stigma of the CW, no one who already isn't a fan of those shows yeah. is really paying them any attention. Whereas with Peacemaker, I feel like universally people are like, yo, this is awesome. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like, I think that, um, yeah, I really enjoy Lois Superman. Like, I, I, I'm, I make a point to watch it every single week. And, like, there's something about it. Yeah, I'm all caught up. You got, okay, good. Yeah. I, there's something about a Superman series that I really enjoy. And, like, I, uh, Tyler Hecklin, I think he's doing an amazing job. The only thing that irks me about him as Superman and like this is a really, really, really stupid reason to, and, and it doesn't ruin it. I still love the series. I love him as Superman. The five o'clock shadow. I don't know what is bo- bugging me about that man. Like, who cares? Superman needs to shave. But like, no, he doesn't need to shave. Like, who the fuck cares? And like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, ah, that's just, I don't know, man. That's not working for him. <laughs> like, it's, it's such a dumb reason. But every single time I see it, I'm just like, what the fuck's going on here, dude? Come on. Get your shit together. If you gotta shave twice in a day, do it. Like, no, it's just it's 
it, it's such a weird weird critique that just keeps popping up in my brain every single time I see it. But like, I'm really enjoying the, um, the new season. I loved the first season. I thought the first season was great. Um, the guy who played uh, Morgan Edge slash Torell, I think his name is. Oh, um, 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 yeah, yeah, maybe that's his name. I, I don't remember. They just said his name this week too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, I'm really, really, really enjoying this season so far. The the show has yet to give me one of those reasons, one of those moments where I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Like I haven't had one of those yet. Thank God. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really, really enjoying what they've done with it so far. Tal Rowe. That's Tal Rowe. Tal Rowe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been it's been excellent, and I think it's this weird hybrid where it's a CW show, but it's not really a CW show because isn't it like isn't HBO Max the one that's like funding this? No, uh, so they 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 did for they did for the startup season, so for last oh, okay. season because okay. um um and, and this is something I actually just learned in in recent in in recent weeks um why there's such a stark. Because uh, why there's such a stark difference between um, between the shows, which is um, in Superman and Lois's case, they did get extra money last, you know, for season one because they had to build like sets. They had yeah. to build Smallville. They had to build some the, all the sets that they used. But um, without the, the thing I learned this week was why Superman and Lois is able to have the quality of the show as opposed to something like The Flash which is basically filming location. Uh, Superman and Lois apparently films in, like, bumblefuck Canada. <laughs> they shoot in, like, like Nowheresville. So because because of their location, uh, because of where they film, they don't have to do... They don't have to get, like, um, permits and stuff to shut down areas of, the, of a city so they can film certain things in the show, like, a, like something like The Flash does. So because yeah. of that, they're able to... Uh, put more of their money towards things like their special effects. So making sure the special effects are good, making sure that the the special lenses that they use to film it, um, that they can continue to use those to keep up the the, the quality of the show overall. So they're able to uh, be because of where they film, they are able to allocate more of their money towards uh, towards other things to kind of make sure the quality stays up, as opposed to like like I said, somewhere like The Flash or legends which you know they, they they have to get the, or they have to use these permits because they have to shut down like you know parts of the city parts of other public areas in order to film for the show and so that eats up a portion of their budget so they have to you know sometimes you know take some shortcuts here and there while they're filming yeah. stuff okay yeah i again i'm I, well i think we're gonna make this kind of a dc centric um episode here um because it's kind of where it's led us to because I think the next thing we should talk about is tying it into the Justice League. Let's talk about everybody's favorite piece of shit, and that's Joss Whedon. Um, that interview that came out, I just want to kind of go around the room for this, because I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing where like I start off and I'm like, here's my opinion about it. I just want to hear from you guys, because I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page with this. Like, The interview that came out from Joss Whedon, this is so on brand for him and that's not a good thing as far as i'm concerned but like i wanted to hear what you guys thought of it was there anything in the interview that you were like oh well this is revealing or oh okay well maybe you know he wasn't all bad or like was it the other way around where it was like no nah, this is exactly what i thought he was and he's just proving how much of a dick he is um 
<laughs> the long sigh. Nice. It's it's so let me start this off by saying when all this shit first started coming out, when when the Ray Fisher stuff uh, was first being talked about, when um, the letter by his his ex wife was written. I was definitely one of the people who was on the on the like, well, we don't really know what happened and we weren't there and this could be indicative of a couple different things. Um, essentially, I was I was not playing devil's advocate, but trying to be as neutral as possible. Um, there is no space for neutrality now. Anything we weren't sure about, anything that wasn't confirmed, anything that was so up in the air, it has landed. We are sure there are too many people who have come forward, who have been clear in their testimonies about what has happened and who that man is to be wishy-washy or be unsure. Joss Whedon is a piece of shit. He has leveraged every bit of power he's ever had against those that he found to be um, people he could take advantage of. Um, uh, and and I want to apologize for, for any sort of, like, if I made anybody uncomfortable by my not, you know, getting on board immediately, that's on me. Um... I'm not ashamed of wanting to hear more, but at the same time, I was on the fence for for far too long. Um, so my apologies to anybody who who felt uh, uh, who who felt to be made uncomfortable by by uh, my stance on that. Um, the fact that throughout this fucking article. All he does is sit there and be like, that didn't happen. No, that's not true. Look, man, I don't know if you're lying to yourself or you're just lying to the reporter, but you're certainly lying. And it's just fucking sad. It's fu it's fucking pathetic at this point. So get some therapy, you know, do some real fucking work make amends and and maybe the rest of us will will move on and not you know burn you in fucking effigy um but yeah the idea that 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 there should be anyone who's like you know still not sure how they feel about them is fucking nonsense like the this whole thing read like an article like an interview he would have given a year ago like when all this shit really first started kicking off like this would be like a knee-jerk reaction but this is the interview he gave after he had time to build his case yep he That's had time to think about this blows yeah. my yeah. fucking mind <laughs> like this is the thing you did upon reflection he basically <laughs> he basically had all of these women say these horrible things that he did to them had almost a year to think about his response and his response was fuck them bitches like really well thought out and did zero to like <laughs> to like 
assage any of those thoughts or beliefs. Like he literally like Josh Whedon is misogynist. Oh, what to broads? Ah, oh, Jesus, Josh. Like it's yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say, you know, that all these slits are so upset that I, <laughs> I did something. What what do you mean that I could take advantage of them? No. I saw somebody make a really good point. Um, there was a woman on, on TikTok who was um, – she made a follow-up video to a video she had done a while ago about Age of Ultron about how she didn't like the movie and she thought that the whole thing was based in um, in sexism and misogyny, um, which, like, I'm, you know, that's neither here nor there in terms of the movie overall, but she made an excellent point about the fact that the Hulk-Black Widow scenes, specifically, but what was, rather, the Bruce Banner-Black Widow scenes, if you recast Bruce Banner as Joss Whedon, it very much looks like a guy who is there to like be the hero to this poor, poor broken down woman um, who is, is, you know, made to be pathetic. And the fact that Whedon both wrote and directed that movie says a whole lot. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things too, where I, I'm just like, I don't want to say I'm rooting for, I was rooting for the guy, but there's a certain amount of, you, you see these, these geeky nerdy people that do these amazing things that create this awesome stuff that we all love and that we all know, and that b brings us together and you want them to not be pieces of shit. And like, I understand that like. People are what they are, you know? And, like, you can separate the art from the artist. You know, this doesn't change my enjoyment of, of the Avengers or of the uh, Age of Ultron or any of the other things that Whedon has done. But, like, it definitely taints it a little bit. It, it's no different than what we were talking about when we talked about our version of A Christmas Carol that we have on GGR because of who co-wrote it with me. It's still good. It just – it was also written by somebody who was kind of a dick. And, like – when given the opportunity to try to like, you know, fix that and do something about it, they choose not to. And that's, I feel like this is the same, the same argument. Like we even had a chance to really do something and like maybe try to have some growth and try to improve himself. But no, instead he doubled down. I wasn't wrong. And like, he said like horrible shit, like, and he made snarky jokes about it too. Like Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher was a bad actor in both meanings. It's like, dude, fuck you. Like, like really? really? Okay, like, yeah. man. And he just, and he thought he was so, he's just, like, that just red smug. Yep. And, like, additionally, too, when you've got people like Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, like, let's, let's talk about Affleck for a second, okay? He's been around movies for how long now? He's been in the industry for how long? Like, 30 years, 40 years, maybe? Like, he's, he's, it's... It makes me feel old when I realize how long he's been in acting. But, like, <laughs> Ben Affleck, yeah, Ben Affleck's been around for, for a minute, okay? But not only is he an actor, he's also a director, he's also a producer. And Joss Whedon has the balls to say, you don't give me notes. I'm above reproach. You can't correct me because I'm never wrong. Like, nobody can come talk to you about, like, hey, this might work better. Like, how many movies do we know 
that we like the, the behind the scenes shit that we found out that an actor was like, hey, what if we did this instead? And it ended up being something that saved the scene or made the scene that much better. Like yeah. it's it's supposed to movies are supposed to be collaborative for the most part. Like it's Joss Whedon did a lot of great stuff for Avengers and Age of Ultron, but like he didn't make those movies alone. And like that's the problem is I think he believes his own hype way too much. Yes. Once people started yes. telling him he was a genius, he was just like, fuck it. I don't ever have to apologize for shit ever again. The, and that's the, just not a good look, man. Yeah. A huge part of the problem is um is how much the media and uh and fans um attributed everything to him. Yeah. On the individual projects he worked on, mm-hmm. like Whedon did not contribute nearly as much to Firefly as Tim Minear did, but Firefly is one of those things that when it gets mentioned, it's Joss Whedon that's talked about. Like this, I feel like it's very much a Stanley kind of situation where they're the figurehead, and so they're the one that gets all the credit. Um, the big difference is we didn't find out, you know, well, no, that's not really true. I mean, we definitely found out about Stan Lake. The problem is we found out about it a long time ago. And so a lot of people have very short memories, um, or, or are much more willing to sort of like dismiss and hand wave things. Whereas with the weed and stuff, it came out much more recently. Um, but yeah, like when you, when you look at something like Buffy and you say, oh, this is such a great, particularly for its time, such a great feminist series um from this guy joss whedon you have dismissed like yeah he's the he was the showrunner undisputedly and he wrote a lot of the show he directed a lot of the show there were also countless men and women uh that wrote and produced and directed and starred in and uh you know played a major role in the production of that show the production and the creation of that show, but it always comes back to Joss Whedon. And he, you know, like, you know, oh, well, he gets all the negatives, too. Like, I mean, does he? Like, it's really more about all of the positives. Like, he gets all, he gets fucking flowers for everything on that. Uh, and, and like, and all those, all those properties. Um, and much more rarely does he get any kind of like negatives or, or does he have to carry like the, the, the sins of that media. And I think that's also a big part of the problem. Um, but yeah, like he sees himself as some like little put upon nerd, uh, or at least that's the way he sells himself. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm just talking in circles at this point, Fuck oh, that no. guy. but he is, he is literally the problem with us. And by us, I mean the geek nerd culture. He is the problem. People like him are the problem. That smug douche who pretends to be a feminist, who pretends to be all for inclusivity and doing all of these things because he knows that it's going to make him money, because he knows that that's what people want to hear. But then he's the same one who will say shit like, oh, well, she did get fat, you know? Like, that's not that, – that can't be denied. What, what the fuck? Like – Oh, I never said anything like that to her. Well, then why is why is she saying it? 
like people don't just make shit like it's very rare okay i'm not saying it doesn't happen because it does but it's very rare for somebody to just make shit up like that like there had to have been a reason and that's what frustrates me the most about this is that he doesn't even say like um you know this is something i did say and you know what it was super insensitive and i was kind of a dick about it and that's my bad you know i need to make amends for that no he doesn't say that this never happened and it becomes this gaslighting thing and like for any of us who have been in this community for a while which all of us have we all know somebody like this we've all dealt with or worked with somebody like this who will sit there and try to change the narrative as soon as you try to stand up for yourself as soon as you try to be like, dude, this isn't right. Oh, you're misinterpreting. No, I ain't misinterpreting shit. I heard exactly what you said, and you tried to do it. They pull that whole Schrodinger's joke thing. It's not a joke until somebody's offended, and then it is a joke. And it's just, god fucking damn it. It is so irritating. Yep. The thing, the thing too, with guys like Joss, um, and, and we've, we've witnessed this on, like, several, on so many different occasions over the years, which is that these dudes love to self-report. They they love just telling on themselves. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, he had I don't it, it was what like a a year ago, uh, maybe less than that, when um all like a, a ton of stuff was was really coming out because there was all of this buildup going into um, the Snyder Cut uh, in March or coming out in March, and then even in the aftermath, I remember some stuff in like May. Where I think I think in May actually is when Gal Gadot finally, um, like finally like publicly said something. But these guys love to self-report, because if you take if you he's had eight months since then, more or less to come up with something, some sort of explanation, to to say something, and you you come out and double down. I mean, it just goes to sh- no self-reflection. You know, uh, and, and if anything, it completely validates all the shit that came out before. You know, like, I, cause, cause, you know, I, I think a lot of people were kind of like how you were, Rambo, where they were just like, I hear what the actors are saying, but I, I would like to get a little bit more information. I would like to hear what Joss has to say. And even in this, um, this article, like, he, um, you know, he, he admits in, in, um, and it did, that he was kind of a that he was kind of a POS on the set of Buffy, but it doesn't seem like there's been any reflection or change between that stuff and any of the stuff that we heard about um, his behavior on set afterwards. Like when, well, and particularly like the way the article ends. Yeah. Where he, I mean, and so that I mean that's like that's like the worst part of it is because throughout it there are these moments where like, okay, well maybe that is a little bit of, um, you know, he's finally kind of understanding some of the shit he did. Maybe, maybe like we're going to little peek into him. And then at the end of it, he goes, well, you know, I don't know. I think maybe the problem was that I was too nice. So that when I was, when I had to get mean, it was, it was so dramatic. You know, I think, I, I think the last line of the article is, I think I was the nicest showrunner of all time. Yes, yeah. That is 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 the last sentence, yep. Like he said the the full version of it is that people had been using every we- weaponizable word of the modern area to make it seem like I was an abusive monster. But I think I'm one of the nicest the nicest showrunners that's ever been. The fact that 
he comes away from all of this happening from you know with you know with the Ray Fisher stuff starting you know about a year ago not including the decades worth of complaints and things because this, this is like there's always been like a low level like you know uh, uh background radiation of like eh, something's up with Josh Green. he seems like kind of a dick um and like Chris McCarpenter has been pretty vocal about stuff for a yep. long time but a lot of people just kind of like hand waved it and dismissed it um with all this time with all this 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 great opportunity to really listen to to people he's taken away from it like no it's all them it's not me yeah. i've done anything wrong it's all them like uh, what yeah and, seriously and, man and, and and it's why like <laughs> it's why like so many like men who self-proclaim themselves as feminists, like this, it, it almost seems like this is just a running thing when it comes to that. You know, like I, we're we're all men who support women's issues. Obviously, like we we are not pro misogyny, any type of any type of thing like this. But if it seems like on so many occasions, especially on social media, where you have, you know, uh, men who who always self-proclaim that they are or, or like broadcast that they are self-proclaimed feminists, and then it's always some shit like this in their closet. Like, oh, no, you, but you say that, but you were also, like, super abusive to women. You yeah. know, you, you said a ton of sexist and misogynistic remarks to women. And, and then know, didn't take any accountability for it whenever it is, when, when, when it does come to light, and you show no remorse or, or, or anything that says that, okay, yeah, I, I was... I, I was a I, I was a terrible person back in you know whatever whatever year, but, you know I've done the work I've learned you know I, I did all this and that and now you know I'm here and I just hope that the people I was negative to you know can heal and and you know you know find some re resolution. No, there's not there's literally nothing like that from him, and and it, it it's what makes it, it's what makes it. It, it's what makes it so much harder for for other people, you know, when you're trying to, you know, when when you're you're someone who's not a piece of shit, and then you have this this a dude like Joss, who is going around, you know, self proclaiming himself as a feminist, but then again, being a piece of shit behind closed doors. Yeah, and it was all a narrative. It was all it was all to sell his show to sell his movies to like continue to further disbelief. And like, I don't, I don't blame anybody who was a fan who loves his, his work because there's no way for any of us to know this except for the fact that we heard so many stories. It was rumblings. It was the same thing with Harvey Weinstein. There were all these rumblings about things, but never any like solid stuff because let's list off the people, uh, charisma carpenter. Uh, Eliza Dushku, um, what's her name? Michelle Trachtenberg. Like they all said shit about him, and it all just got brushed aside. Until I don't, I don't know what changed. You know, like was it just the the weight of all of it? Because like I, I can't remember exactly what Eliza Dushku said, but she said something pretty. I mean, like she had some pretty rough shit to say about him. 
And uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I know that the 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 worst of of what she dealt with. I don't know about on Buffy, but like the story that springs to mind for me with her was from. Um, oh fuck! What's the name of that show? Dollhouse. Bull. I think it was. I think. I think it was called Bull. Um, but it was a, it was a show on CBS. It, it yeah. wasn't a Joss Whedon show. Uh, like there was a, a a really nasty sexual harassment situation. The guy who played fucking Denozo on NCIS. Yeah. Um, it's the show he had on CBS uh, that she was brought on for, and that guy apparently is a piece of shit. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and <laughs> I wouldn't say he's. Like Whedon is better than him, but it's the it's the difference between somebody who's like, you know, yeah, maybe don't be in a room by yourself with him, and no, 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 keep a knife on you at all times. Like one isn't really better than the other, but they're they're still varying levels of garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure about uh, uh, what happened with Blas Dushko on with Joss Whedon though. Yeah, I know that. Hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. Like she, she basically like posted support for Charisma Carpenter is what I'm reading right now. Um, yeah, praises powerful, painful claims by Charisma Carpenter of abuse by Joss Whedon. Uh, let's see exactly what she says. Ah, she said that she found Carpenter's tale, uh, tale of Whedon's casually cruel conduct to be powerful, painful, and painted a picture we'll never collectively never unsee or unknow. So, uh, let's see what else is here. In the later re-edit of her initial post, um, there was a rule saying he was not allowed in a room with Michelle again, uh, talking about Michelle Trackenberg. Um, the remark of a rule by the actress implied that the others knew of Whedon's alleged, allegedly inappropriate interaction with the then minor and had set up a safeguard to prevent a repetition of the occurrence. So, like, it was more, I think she was like, yeah, nah, they're all, they're right, this shit happened. So I don't think she had gotcha. a specific thing, but she was basically co-signing it, so... Yeah, there became yeah the the, the story it's stories in the article too yeah. about like there was some meeting between him and Michelle Trachtenberg when she was like sixteen, closed door meeting, and then and she left that meeting like really uncomfortable and really shaken, and it got to the point like it it became a thing with like her guardians like I think her parents stepped in were like she can no longer be alone with Joss, which to me reads then why the fuck are you okay with her being on this show? Money. Why are you not, like, why, why are you not going immediately to the fucking studio and be like, hey, it's it's the fucking broken stair thing. It's it's not about fixing it. Nobody wants to take the time to, to fix it. They'd rather just tell everybody to avoid it. Yeah, it's, but again, too, I can't even fault the women for this because... What is oh no yeah yeah, yeah what mean, is no not, yeah. no I wasn't no, no, implying no. that you were but I'm just saying like in Hollywood too you be that you become this person you get blacklisted you don't work you know oh she's a problem to work with you know and like it it's it's just it's gotten better in the last few years but like can you just imagine like Michelle Trachtenberg's parents probably didn't do anything about it because they were like if we do this she won't work and then we won't have any money yeah. It's, it's. I, I get it. You don't want to risk your your career for this thing, but at the same time too, like, 
eventually it boils over. But that's the problem with it is it ends up becoming this thing where it's like, oh, well, we can't believe them because X, Y, and Z. But like nobody's taking into the whole like, – the big picture psychological ramifications of this or the fact that like, hey, you got to eat. So like how are you going to pay the bills if you are blacklisted because you called out the person in power? It's just – it's a shitty dynamic and like it just – it sucks seeing this because we see this – we're seeing this in the political realm too. As people in power are getting questioned and being like – not bullied, but being like backed into a corner of like, you have to pay for the shit you did. We're seeing them lash out. Like, look what's happening with Trump and all of his kids and all of his cohorts all being charged with shit now from this uh, January 6th insurrection. Like, it's getting more. Like, it's building steam. More shit is piling up on them and they're all lashing out. Oh, it's fake news. Oh, it's fake media. Oh, it's this. It's this. It's this. It's this. Like, it's the same thing from Whedon. It's the same thing from uh, Weinstein. Like, oh, well, this, you know, if they wanted to work, you know, it, that, that's the thing that disgusts me is when men will defend that and they'll be like, well, they knew what they were doing. Like, you're kidding me, right? You're, you're kidding me. Well, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, you're right. And then they wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's just, it's fucking disgusting. And like... I'm I'm glad that we're starting to see it change a little bit, but like I just wonder, is is this the tipping point, or is this the point where the scales tip one way and then they flip back harsh the other way? Because I'm hoping it stays like this. I just don't know if it will. It it's more likely a pendulum. It's it's more likely that this will swing in this direction, and then it will swing back in the other direction, and there will be. One of the one of the smartest things Joe Rogan ever said was on uh, yeah yeah <laughs> um, he was on uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pajitzi's podcast Your Mom's House and they were you know they're all they're all comedians and they're talking about like you know woke culture and blah 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 bullshit and the sensitivities of young people and Rogan was like well you know it really seems to function like a pendulum where for the longest time there were these very extreme uh, conservative views um, that were, you know, particularly insensitive and stuff. And now what's happened is the, the pendulum is swung in the opposite direction. And now it's on the opposite end of the spectrum where people are extra sensitive and people are extra conscious of things. And what's likely to happen is, is the pendulum is going to swing backwards, but eventually it's going to keep moving back and forth until it it, it calms down and, and settles in the middle, where people are not super sensitive, but people are also not super insensitive, and people are aware of what they need to say without being total dickheads about it, and people are aware of what's being said and not trying to read any possible negative into it. And I think that is more likely to be the situation for this kind of thing as well. I don't want it to be, but I, particularly as, like, you know, the the the, the people, you know, folks on the right get more and more, um, I mean, well, not just the right, as people in general get more and more um, dug in and entrenched into their ideas, um, 
I think it's just a matter of time before that pendulum swings back in the opposite direction. Um, I would love to be wrong. I would love for it to be that like, no, 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 this is a proper turning point. Um, but it's, it's seems to be consistently like as progress is made, it's three steps forward and two steps back. So we'll certainly see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'd be nice. But I, I still like, I, I, I feel like when enough time passes, you know, and J- Joss will already be back at work at the next thing. Which yeah. is unfortunate, but it 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 because the 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 running theme we've seen, um, in in recent years, and we 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 are witnessing in real time with Louis C.K., which is you just go away for a while, and then just like pop up again, without really acknowledging much or saying anything. No one's gonna say anything. So, like, yeah. I, I tell you what, tw- like, give it, I don't know, September 2023, and it'll be like, you know, hey, here's um, brand new whatever coming to a- coming to um, HBO Max, you know, written and produced by Joss Whedon. Oh yeah, like, it's it's just a matter, of, it's just a, it's just a, a matter of time because unfortunately, unfor- like unfortunately, like more. We're seeing more consequences, you know, um, fall on the people who actually said something. You know, it's it's you know it's it's a good thing that you know, um, you know, Gal and Ben and, and most notably Ray that you know they'll be able to they'll, they'll still you know be able to go work. Ray Fisher has a series that's coming out soon if it's not already out now. Um, that 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 looks like it's going to be pretty damn good. Um, but it, you know, it just kind of sucks that they're the ones who are going to have to, who are largely going to have to face, um, you know, their careers being affected or and whatever negative thing that may come from, you know, maybe people behind the scenes who are Joss loyalists and they're just like, yeah, fuck these people, yeah, and 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 whatnot. So like, I, I would like to believe that, but I, I, I can't, I can't get excited until I see that. You know, Hollywood collectively is like, no, we're not going to work with this man ever again. Well, and additionally, too, it like it becomes one of those things where it's like, even if he did apologize, which he didn't, apologies without change are worthless. Yeah, and he's not going to change because he yeah. doesn't have to. Because ultimately, he's still getting paid, guaranteed, guaranteed. People are still coming to him with projects, being like, hey, we need you to fix this. Because again, the yeah. guy knows how to punch up a script. He's shown that that he has gotten that ability. But like. It's not going to affect him at all. Just like yeah. you said, he's also not been in the Louis industry C. for as long as he has yeah. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it not, doesn't affect Louis yeah. C.K. It doesn't affect Dave Chappelle. They continue to get money. They, they're they're all. That's the thing that's disgusting about this is they're all fucking millionaires, and like nothing is affected at all. Like their lives are already pretty goddamn great as it is, and now like oh no, people hate me. Oh man. I'll cry myself to sleep with my millions of dollars in the bank of my giant house in like three different locations, you know, like, yeah. It's Remember the, that's what, that's what Chappelle said when he went to his, uh, his alma mater, when the, when, this, when the children, when the children were, were being critical of him with that, that is exactly, is literally what Dave uh, said. Was, I mean, I can't remember. I, yeah. I read the story, but I didn't remember. Is, is that what he said? He's like, I'm going to go back to my million dollar house. 
Yeah, it was like I, to to paraphrase. It was basically stuff along along the lines of like, "I'm rich, you're not. I don't have to listen to you. You're yeah. just a kid." That's good perspective, yeah. Dave. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it, and yeah. it's it's also like the the well, funny enough to kind of tie back to the previous conversation. Um, the problem is that neither CK nor Whedon went far enough. They didn't go so big as to like rape someone or um, or like, you know, properly assault somebody. It's yeah. all things where it's like, you're gross and you make me uncomfortable and I don't want to be around you and you're a dickhead and you're like verbally abusive on set and there's there's there at least one instance we we know of, of like him like grabbing some like you know one of the costume designers um and you know like squeezing her arm but he didn't like punch her in the face right and Cause, cause, it, it makes it okay you know well, yeah, I mean, you... it's not the, it's not that yeah it's it's that those aren't actionable like legal offenses and somebody like Harvey Weinstein was doing enough actual, like, actionable shit and was big enough that it couldn't be ignored. And acts as a great sort of scapegoat for the industry at large to go, look, look, we're, we're cleaning ourselves up. Isn't this great? See, we're taking out this old man that no one cares yeah. about. And, you know, Whedon is a guy who can kind of, like, get swept under the rug. Louis yeah. C.K. can wait it out for a year or two and then kind of quietly come back and, yeah, and, and like, build himself back up. Yeah, and because you also have the, the subsect of people in general who will look at what Joss did and just be like, oh, they're just words. He didn't do anything. He just he just said stuff and hurt people's feelings. Yeah. And, they, and you know, they'll be like, well, that is not as bad as actually assaulting someone. People are so, too sensitive nowadays. Plus, he was yeah, just trying so to get a job done. Right. He was under a lot of stress as director, and sometimes they say crazy stuff, as if that makes it okay. That's the thing that really pisses me off about this, too, is that people have no problem thinking that the end justifies the means. Like, you don't have to be an asshole to accomplish good stuff. It just shows that you don't know how to deal with people. Well, I hate to have to yell at you, but that's what I'm going to have to do. Then you fucked up somehow. Like, I mean, as a, like, I, I can attest to this as a parent. There's times that I've had to yell at my kid. And most of the time, if I have to do that, then I'm wrong. I, I screwed up somewhere along the way where I wasn't able to properly communicate things without getting angry. Like, that, that's on me. That's on Joss Whedon. That's on Harvey Weinstein. That's on, um, fuck, like, since people love to be like, oh, well, you guys don't say anything about Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin's a dick. I'm not even talking about the stuff that happened on the Rust set. I'm just talking about, in general, everything before that. Like, at one point, the guy started a huge fight because the uh, airline um, that he was flying on asked him to turn his cell phone off, and he said, fuck you, because he wanted to finish playing the game he was playing. Like, yeah, sure, he's on the Democratic side of things when it comes to, like, the political spectrum, but he's a piece of shit. You know, like, it's not mutually exclusive. 
Like, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole, period. End of sentence. Like, he said horrible things to his daughter, on like, recorded. You can you can find the tapes of him calling his daughter a pig. Like, he's, like, it's, you don't have to be on one side or the other to be a total douchebag. And, like, they're wrong for doing that, period. Like, I just, I, I don't understand our obsession with celebrities and thinking that it's okay for them to act like total assholes. It's it's a failing to say the least, but I mean like that's that's kind of what we've shown we are as a society too. We do it we do it for people like Donald Trump. Oh, he's a great businessman, is he? Or did you just love watching that TV show? Because they literally created this quote unquote great businessman out of nothing. I was watching. I don't know if you guys ever watched it, but the critic, that old uh, John Lovitz cartoon that they used to have. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, early early '90s. Like it's on Crackle, which is fucking wonderful because <laughs> I love that show. But yeah. like I was watching, Thanks. I was say what now? It stinks. <laughs> I was watching the first episode the other night. Sandy and I watched it together, and there's a Trump joke in that episode where he falls in love with this woman, and they're like going around New York City, and they walk by Trump Tower, and it says currently in foreclosure. We have selective memory loss. We forget that this guy was a fucking failure because of a TV show. And we, I'm talking about like the collective American society because a lot of us remember how much of a scumbag and how awful a businessman he was. But like they made a joke about it in a fucking cartoon from the 90s. Like that's how like not – that's how everybody knew. But like we love we love giving rich white people a second chance, man, don't we? And a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. Like, oh, well, Alex ba Alec Baldwin uh, is is real, real handsome, and like he's been real funny in some movies. And like, uh, oh, he was on Thirty Rock, so <laughs> let's just give him a free pass. No, fuck him too. Fuck them all. At this point, you know, like Jesus. <laughs> it's just, it's fucking ridiculous, man. It is. Anywho, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode uh, on a on a positive note. Um, we're going to move into our second episode. Maybe we'll play a game, um, cause those are always fun. Um, or what else, what other, Hey, you know what? We got a lot of topics here. Thanks to Mr. Brooks, uh, who has been the, uh, the point man on this. He has organized our shit and has a list of things that we can talk about. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a surprise. Make sure you turn into the next episode of at the diner as we talk about some wonderful geeky and nerdy things or maybe we'll just play a game who knows the only way you're gonna find out is by tuning into the next episode so thanks to all who are listening who all who share and subscribe to our podcast big thanks to james rambo big thanks to mc brooks as well for being the driving force of this wonderful podcast uh again my name is mike lunsford and remember folks together there are no heights we can't reach Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!